This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, however it applies for what is your Monday edition of the show. Your host, Jeff Lloyd from SI.com, Pete Smith. Um, You know, other than the first day free agency starts, this is probably by far my favorite day of the NFL, the favorite week of the NFL offseason. I love combine week. Um, Obviously, this year it's going to come with a twist. Um, Workouts are going to be done in prime time in the first few days here. Um, You know, Sunday will be a bit more of a norm. Uh, So these workout times, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, some guys will not be getting to some of the most important athletic tests of their lives till 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. We'll see what that brings. Uh, tomorrow we'll get to hear from Kevin Stefanski. We'll get to hear from Andrew Berry, get some initial thoughts from them, you know, on you know, some feelings they have on this 2020 draft class. Um, it, just a fun week, uh, you know, a lot, to, you know, lot of information coming your way. Always a busy week, uh, but one of the more fun, rewarding one here. Pete, it's, you know, no time like the present. Time to go. Sure. Um, the uh, again, it's the first uh, first event that uh, the Browns will have a fully assembled organization ready to happen, ready to be there at the event as it's happening, able to consume you know everything at the same time everybody else is. Uh, so they have to make it count. Whether it's uh, getting ready to you know rank these players, figure out trades, or start looking into free agency or some trades on that end, uh, this is sort of where the rubber starts to meet the road. And, you know, and for them, everybody in the building, it's, you know, this is, you know, now you actually start to get doing things. I mean, a lot of it is just, you know, setting up, getting offices in order and some, you know, beginning meetings, but now you really got work to do. You got things to talk about, you know, as far as, you know, putting on your stamp on what is going to be this 2020 uh, Cleveland Browns roster. Um, we're going to do D-line, and we'll get to some of the edge, obviously. It's weird how they li- have it listed because, you know, there's some edge guys that they have as linebackers. I mean, they're both going to do both. You know, they'll do the drills, whether they're listed at linebacker or at edge. So that I'm not always a fan of. If, you know, if they like to make changes and, you know, maneuver things around a little bit with the combine, for me, that would be one. Let's start getting these guys, you know, at least, you know, competing against their peers, I would say. So to speak, um, most of this, you know, what we're going to get to tonight is, you know, for traditional D tackles, obviously, you know, you got your Chase Youngs, obviously, you know, you got your Bradley and I, and these guys who played more traditional four, three D ends. But Pete, we talked about, you know, this defensive tackle class, a couple of really, really good ones early. Um, the question is, where are the Browns going to be players into this? Um, yeah, you're going to need somebody, you know, at least not if you, you know, even if you address, you know, somebody in free agency. You're going to need somebody from this group. Obviously, you know, Brown's a fantastic player. Ken Law down at the senior bowl looked fantastic. You hope the injury thing was more of them just saying, we don't need the risk anymore here. Let's get the heck out of here and pull freight because we've done all we need to do here. Um, but you're going to need, you know, and like you like to say, Pete, you know, the big chubby fat guys who move really well and crush people in front of them are a quite valued commodity. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the fat kids go first, fat kids and quarterbacks. Um, the – uh, you know, the Browns obviously have needs there. A lot of other teams have needs there. There just aren't enough of them to go around, and this class has a lot. So, you know, this, you know, the, the NFL as a whole has to hope that this 
class pans out because the NFL could use it to sort of balance things out a little bit. But yeah, I mean, there's a ton of talent and, and the way that you, know, you, you sort of evaluate this week with them may be a little different than you do with some of the other positions, but uh, yeah, guys who can move guys who can generate power, uh, explosive ability, and then, you know, show some, you know, show, show some of those things uh, in a functional capacity when it comes to the drills. And there's, and you have your, you know, your two, two different types, obviously, you know, you, you have, you know, your one tech, it's the hold, you know, hold the Ford over, make everybody lives, everybody else's lives easier. It's the three tech. It's, you know, the can do more, can do whatever you ask, but you guess what? You have explosive playmaking ability. The Derek Browns of this class, who looks to be a fantastic player. It's interesting. Nebraska's actually got three guys here in, you know, Carlos Davis, Khalil Davis, uh, Dar- Darian Daniels is a guy I actually kind of like, um, but he'd probably be more of a later day three, but he's just kind of like a brick wall type of dude. And, you know, he's not going to make a ton of plays, but he's going to always be in the picture. He's not going to get pushed off the line. Uh, Lakai Fatu, a very interesting guy to Utah, Pete. Neville Galmore out of Oklahoma, who seems to move really, really well, you know, for his size. or You know, keeps a real, real solid low center of gravity. Um, you know, I know one you kind of fell in love with down in Mobile is uh, Laurel Murchison, solid player. And from North Carolina State, they do a fantastic job with their, uh, you know, with their weight work and with their strength program. He's a guy that should look and test extremely, extremely well, you know, obviously as he comes in here. Um, it's it's an interesting group. Uh, it gets deep, but you're going to need some of these bodies. Another one, again, here is, is another one from North Carolina State. Doesn't get talked about a ton, but it's uh, James Smith-Williams. And, you know, NC State has been pumping out defensive linemen for years now. Uh, so I know uh, Stephen Thomas, big fan of uh, Jason Strobridge down from uh, from UNC. Pete, you got to see him in Mobile, too. But, you know, there's going to be, and with every every positional group, there's always a guy or two that's going to send everybody back and say, all right, didn't know he was that much of an athlete. Let's fire up this tape again. And, you know, if even if he's not doing everything right, does he look really good doing it? And there's always that, you know, NFL theory of I can get a little bit more out of him. Um. Right. I mean, look, perfect world. You get somebody who is productive and maybe at a smaller school who who does a great job and, and uh, you go back and, and you find them and, and you love what they're doing. Or, you know, maybe it's a, a guy from a bigger school that just sort of overlooked to this point that uh, sends you back and, and gives you something to uh, look at. Maybe, maybe a guy who might do that, who is really productive was uh, Travis Gibson from Tulsa. Um Chad Bruder, I think, did a mock draft where he was in the second round, uh, which to me would assume that he must uh, be planning on him doing really, really well in testing. He does have production. He's an interesting player. He's an edge guy that could be like that. But some of these other guys, you mentioned Fotu, who had nine tackles last year. Uh, (laughs) He played 13 games. And Neville Gallimore, he's got the same problem. They just don't, you know, don't produce. Uh, but uh, there's no question that somebody will, you know, fall in love with a, you know, basically a 335 pound man that can move really, really fast, even if they didn't actually do much in their collegiate career. It's and you're always going to get the uh, Pete Smith. So for anybody who was wondering about that tweet the other day, there was one. Um, Pete, I think one of the more interesting guys here, and it's it's always an Alabama guy because it's either way too high. Or, or for no reason in, uh, you know, this year, the Alabama candidate, here he is, Raekwon Davis. And, you know, did declare, didn't seem like Alabama did much to kind of like talk him out of it. And, you know, 
He's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, senior. I, I I do believe he didn't he pull from the senior bowl. I think he was supposed to go. Did pull Raquan Davis? Yeah, he pulled out for an ankle. So you know, obviously for him, the question will be: Will he be able to go this week? Um, you do obviously. You know, interior wise, you have Devon Hamilton, Ohio State for all you, you know, for all the local Buck folks, and I know you're always interested. It's interesting name speed, and it's this is you know, look, it's your chance to separate here. Um, and the other thing is, it's you know, you don't want to be that guy where people are going to come walking away, going, "Well, is he really doing anything right now?" Because you know, this should be the height of your athletic testing. They already have preliminary numbers from your schools. If you're not even coming close to those or even bettering them, you know, the character concerns and the red flags start raising. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, there can occasionally be some caveats to that, but there's no question that you run into some of these guys that just um, just, just didn't do what they needed to do or uh, just didn't perform in a way that, that, that makes them – Interesting, and especially if you're a guy who, you know, had questionable production, then you know, somebody who's essentially being uh, rated because of assumed testing numbers, and you don't reach those numbers, it makes it very hard to defend. Which is why, you know, of many reasons why you you should probably look at the production first, because at least at that point, if they don't, they don't, you know, if they give you something uh, that's that's worthwhile you can at least fall back on the production whereas some of these guys if they're not athletic and there's nothing else there then you're sort of left with well he's not just simply not worth it um and that you know you're going to find that as people sort of recalibrate who the which players they love and which players they they don't uh coming up and you know and this is the start time of the Pete smith classic and favorable favorable line of it's not what i believe it's what I can prove. The production is there. The athleticism would l- certainly be lovely as well. We're going to keep on rolling through here. Start talking about some of these more traditional ends that I'll you know, be working out with that D-line group. Uh, we'll take the mock draft from 21 and 25. Start talking playoff teams. You know, the additions they're going to make here <clears throat> on your Monday. Locked on Browns, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith. Folks, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Making sex better. Remember the days when you or he were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-improved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So no questions about it. You know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable... They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the situation arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom, and sometimes the missus would like the extra performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no, no in-person doctor's visit, no time off of work, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Look, everybody's trying to up their game. Whatever you got to do, go for it to get it done. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew repairs and ships direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free, F-R-E-E, free, when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay the shipping price of $5. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. 
promo code MLB to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we appreciate them for sponsoring Locked on Browns. Now, Pete, like I had said here, um, you know, the, the way it's broken down here and, you know, like one guy that I know you're very high on, I think is a really nice player, Zach Vaughn. He's going to show up and he's going to actually do workouts with the, you know, with the linebackers. Obviously, you're still going to get to see the edge type of stuff. Um, Chase Young, whether he works out or not, and I don't think it makes a damn bit of difference. Um, you know, Kenny Willikies from Michigan State, you know, more traditional, uh, you know, defensive end. Strobridge, like I had mentioned earlier, he's a guy that does a little bit of everything. So, you know, he's certainly going to have his, you know, eyes there because, you know, everybody loves the versatility of defensive linemen. Julian Aquara, interesting name. Um, I know one here, and actually Pete and I were just tweeting about him the other day, Alex Highsmith out of UNC Charlotte. Like the production, um, you know, not sure how high he's going to go just yet. Him to come out and have a great weekend would do a lot for him. Obviously, you know, to enhance, you know, en- enhance him and have him continue to rise up the board. AJ Espenza at Iowa, he's interesting as well. Very similar to Pete to Tristan Wirfs. Not just a football player, has the, you know, the track background. Um, on tape, dude looks pretty long. He's going to be an interesting guy to look out for measurement-wise and obviously workout-wise as well. Sure. Uh, and he's a guy with positional versatility and the fact that, he, you know, he's one of these guys who played in an odd front school and simply dominated, uh, you know, and there are people who will raise concerns about when he dominated and how, you know, which games he did and stuff like that. But, you know, there's been this little run of, of these guys who have just crushed it in these odd front schemes in terms of big, big numbers, not unlike guys like, you know, going back a little bit, Chris Long coming out of Virginia, but the past couple of years in particular, there have been a couple of nice uh, players in terms of just insane production coming off of a, an odd front scheme uh, with that type of uh, that type of length and size that you love. Uh, and then the fact that they can, you know, play like a five, they can go inside and play like a three, but they have a lot of experience taking on contact. So if you put them on an island and they're really athletic, they're more effective there. Meanwhile, they've got experience uh, just sort of being quicker than, you know, guards and centers, and they can potentially do a lot of damage inside. Uh, yeah, and look, it's, it's what you want. I mean, if you have that quick first step, you have the body type, and you can do more than one thing, you know, similar to Miles Garrett, similar to Olivier Vernon, similar to Sheldon Richardson. These guys are worth their weight in girl, uh, gold in the modern-day NFL. One guy I didn't get to, Pete, and uh, you, know, you tour Gross Matos out of Penn State, and he's interesting, and please don't take this as a player cup. I'm not comparing him. But, Pete, like, I kind of get, like, some Jason Taylor vibes where it's like you look at the guy and it's like, well, how much do you actually weigh, man? Because, you know, he's got the height, he's got the length, but, I mean, the dude looks like a second tight end, very similar to a player like Justin Taylor did, Jason Taylor did. Um, yeah, he's actually, like, you know, he's listed 6'5", 264. So, you know, he's one of those guys where, uh, you know, you're sort of waiting to see what he does in terms of that stuff. Because, you know, Penn State used him inside and outside. So, you know, some people may think that he's not quite good enough to be a full-on edge rusher, thinking that some of his production was a, as a result of lining up on the interior. Uh, and if he's, you know, bigger than that, you know, he might potentially have a role in, in an NFL roster on the inside. So it's it, he's, he's a little bit of a mystery, uh, obviously very, very good uh, this past year at Penn State. 
so he's he's a guy that uh, you know I've, I've a lot of people seem to be divided on, uh, but uh, yeah, he's going to be uh, one of the more interesting prospects to watch, and particularly interesting since the Browns probably won't be able to get him. Uh, that uh, he, he's interesting to watch, but probably isn't a factor. No, and but I mean, and the other thing is, it, you get into this now where you know with these kids at twenty one, twenty two years old is, and it does seem weird to say, but is it, you know if you cannot pack on enough weight to this point, is it just is it a futile effort? Are you just not capable of you know putting that weight on? You know, some of the guys that Pete and I have talked about are the edge position, will be working linebacker wise, Daryl Taylor. Out of Tennessee is a guy I like. I know Pete, obviously, big fan of Zach Bowen out of Wisconsin. As Pete just put him, uh, you know, as you know, a second round, you know, guy to look for that he'd be happy with for the Browns at forty-one. Uh, I'd still like to be. I'd still like that to be kind of shaved together and done a little bit better. Um, just because you know, I want to see these guys compete against the guys that essentially, you know, they are truly competing against as far as you know, you know, looking better than the other one. So you know, there's still some things that could be tweaked here, combine wise. Um, Pete, this does make for a different week for us as far as content wise. I mean, you know, in years past, it was okay. Workouts usually done right around dinner time or so. Um, all right, go to work for a little bit and a normal night here now. Um, it's gonna be a little bit different this year. I mean, you know, a couple of the nights here, I mean, it's slated for a four to 11 time slot on television and it's just going to make for a whole different week content wise. Uh, I mean, we'll see. It's, it's different, but at the same time, like there are certain days that just don't matter that much um, in terms of some of the prospects, like there's, there's just, uh, you know, DB day is going to be, uh, I don't know. That's that, going to be a normal time frame anyway, though. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's just, uh, we'll see. I mean, there, there's some big days, obviously offensive line day is going to be enormous. Uh, so we'll we'll just have to see how it plays out. If guys, you know, really shit the bed in terms of athletic testing, it's it's gonna it's gonna be ugly. Um, and, and the first thing that'll always come up with, you know, so and so is not going to work out this week is well, you know, and as we always like to say, he can't run forever, and you know, nobody ever gives the pro day numbers. Excuse me, the same credence, obviously, that they will to uh combine where it's nationally televised and there's 275 clocks out and everybody is in the building um we'll get here to the mock draft just one more to sneak in here um as i've been mentioning um if you were now a google home user and it's something new and you know obviously you'd ask for whatever you're looking for music news you were looking for cleveland browns news ask your google home play me the latest cleveland browns news You'll get yours truly. Um, there's a short hit, a one hitter. There's a you know three to five minute you know depending on the news of the day and how much we could pump on out. More factual information, not so much take wise. Just giving you straight information. Obviously, you know we'll have that going on all week uh, all week long here with the combine. So go ahead, check out the Google News briefs. So now that takes us over, uh, you know, to the continuation of the mock draft here. Now starting at pick twenty one. Now, these are your 2019 playoff teams. Um, the way it's kind of broken here, what Pete's gone to this point, there's some tons of talent available. Uh, obviously, there's wide receivers, you know, uh, you know, plenty of other stuff. Um, and here, Pete, and this is a team we talk about because absolutely we love the way they do the do business to Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, every time it thinks, all right, well, maybe this nice little run they've had 
is over. And well, here you are at pick 21. Obviously, they've got needs secondary wise. They've got needs at the linebacker position. God, does this team probably need some wide receivers in a really bad way? They're looking to move all Sean Jeffrey. I don't know too far where you're going with that. And Eagles maybe you should have listened to me a few years ago when I told you a long-term deal for Arshon Jeffrey. Arshon Jeffrey was not the best idea, but Philadelphia Eagles, Pete, 21, still the best of the NFC East. Um, you, whether or not Buffalo, I mean, uh, Giants and Washington can get closer. Dallas is certainly sniffing around the pile. Can the Eagles put together another great offseason? And if they do, it'll obviously have a lot to do with this selection here at 21. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles have a bunch of things they have to figure out. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, Howie Roseman's probably going to change this whole thing up uh, here in the next month and completely invalidate this. But nevertheless, uh, they, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Create $30 million of cap space in a freaking 12 hour window because the dude's just that good. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they really need some DB help. They really need uh, some receiver help. And maybe they love uh, what these DBs are doing, but uh, my guess is that they're going to try to give Carson Wentz more than he had last year. Uh, so they go ahead and grab T. Higgins uh, out of Clemson. Hello? For me this year, T. Higgins, and everybody knows, I love my wide receivers. He's just the one I'm kind of having just a little bit with. I don't know, maybe if it's because, you know, the true sophomore, uh, you know, Ross, who's the same class as Lawrence, is just the guy I've constantly forever got my eyes on. I don't know. I think T. Higgins is a nice player. I'm not sure T. Higgins is going to be a star. But then again, the way Philadelphia's offense works, you know, do your thing when your number's called. He's an interesting one. Um, and I'm not sure if that's, you know, him alone. It's going to be enough, but I'm, I do believe they're going to be players in free agency. Um, they're going to have to figure out, and, you know, for me, I'd probably move on from Deshaun Jackson. I'm probably going to find a way to move on from Alshon Jeffrey. It's time to start getting younger here, and part of the reason you're going to have to do it is because the money that you were paying won Carson Wentz. Pete's favorite quarterback probably in the AFC besides Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, as everybody knows. Pete's big, big Josh Allen fan. 22 pick uh, overall. Obviously, Pete, the defense was fantastic last year for the Bills. Was really, really solid. Running game was pretty good as well. Uh, you know, got uh, obviously a nice one with Singletary. That pick, that pick worked out well. Uh, you know, tight ends seem to be doing there. Um, whatever you feel about Josh Allen, they're not going to be in the market of replacing one Josh Allen. Pete, what do you do here for the Buffalo Bills? And I know you'll always hate him because they took your boy at Oliver. I don't, I mean, I, I wish nothing for <laughs> the best for that, Oliver. Um, yeah, so the Buffalo Bills have a lot of things they have to figure out, but not the least of which is simply who do they want to, you know, how do they want to, you know, essentially make this thing work when, uh, you know, they've got a quarterback like Josh Allen, and the best way to do that would be to, really get your running game to be highly effective and, you know, to be able to do some, some things like run play action and, and create some plays on the field. And, uh, you know, they, they have the makings of a pretty good offensive line, but I, I'm still waiting for them to sort of make that big 
you know, that big play at, at running back. And Devin Singletary is fine, uh, but I don't think that's necessarily enough. So I'm wondering if they're not going to go ahead and add a guy like uh, DeAndre Swift from Georgia and really give themselves sort of a, you know, a, a true feature back to sort of create some better you know, offensive benefits that they can still control the ball, they can still shorten games, they can still do all those things, and try to take some of the, the weight off of uh, Josh Allen because he can't play dead. But the other thing is, the nice thing is, is if you want to do, you know, some of the, you know, that uh, motion and, and, you know, read option type stuff, you know, DeAndre Swift gives you a very different dynamic with a guy like Josh Allen, DeAndre Swift is obviously very, very athletic and fast and all those things. And Josh Allen is obviously a very big guy. So you can sort of use those things to your advantage to create some numbers advantages in the box. And again, Devin Singletary is still a nice player. He still helps you. But, you know, if, if Josh Allen is going to continue to, you know, throw the way he does, you've got to probably make a big investment here. And maybe they'll wait. Uh, and wait until a different round, but if, I, I don't know if there's anything else that sort of screams out for them to take because their defense is not bad um, by any stretch. It's, it's really a question of can you make the offense work, and I think their best bet right now is to go tailback. Uh, and look, I mean, you cut down on other opportunity, you know, number of opportunities passing the ball. Um, maybe mix in a little bit more of what Baltimore is doing. Um, he's I, the thing with accuracy is it's not something that just comes late and it's, it's just tough. It, it's one of the, I mean, you can you can be accurate and not have much arm strength. You can have all the arm strength in the world and never maybe truly develop accuracy or franchise have enough time to uh, be patient enough with you to hope and pray that, you know, the fool's gold of all, all of a sudden becoming accurate. Um, real quick, congratulations, Tasha Treader, a married man. It was really nice to see some former guys come on out. The Zeitlers, Joe Thomas, obviously Baker Mayfield, and uh, Joel Batonio, part of the wedding party. Congratulations, JC Taylor. All the best to you and the now Mrs. Treader. Feels weird just to say these words, Pete. On the clock at 23 overall, the New England Patriots. Just feels really, really weird to even say. Oh, uh, yeah. The Patriots, they have to make a number of decisions on, on where this thing's going. Obviously, they, they, they've got the quarterback situation to determine. They've got um, some questions as far as skill positions and, and how that's going to sort of look. Uh, but it seems like whenever the Patriots – aren't sure of where they're going, the best thing they do is usually invest on the defensive side of the ball. And yep. with with that, I think they are in the market for fixing what what is a, a clearly an ailing defensive line. Uh, and I think if, if they're in the market to do that, they may go ahead and just add a guy like, uh, what's his face, where's he at? The kid out of TCU, Blacklock. Blacklock, um, yes. I think uh, with what they've had, they've they've so often lately been working off of this this deal where they've got these 
essentially cloggers that can't really do much. And I think they're going to want to get more out of that. And and a guy like Blacklock can do a little bit of uh, – he, he can play – you know, he's a guy who's played in the two, he's played in the three. He can do some of those run-stopping things, but he's also just an effective defensive tackle that can, you know, create some interior pressure and do some things that are uh, like that. So I'll go ahead and give them Ross Blacklock. And see, here's the thing, though. I mean, for where the Patriots are at, I mean, you need to look at this and you need to say, all right, look, obviously we're doing everything we can. Right now, they should be able to win the AFC East again. That's probably not a question mark. But it's the difference between winning your division and what do we have to do to be better than the Baltimore Ravens? What do we have to do to Texans? Who knows? But obviously, they don't have much room to improve. But you've got to be able to better, be better than the Houston Texans. You've got to be able to be better than the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know, as the age number keeps getting higher, you've got to find. And there's going to have to be something done on offense. But I agree with you. Um, there's going to have to be something done to shut down these quarterbacks. And if they can't do it, it's, you know, it certainly could be one and done. If, you know, if they even get to the point of winning the AFC East now, 24 and still going back here and just thinking that they lost that playoff game at home to the Vikings, New Orleans saints on the clock at 24. Again, similar situation here, Pete, it's Drew Brees, you know, for one more year, uh, what's, the piece, what's the ingredient that can get them not just through the playoffs, but get them literally into the Super Bowl? Because when you're a team like this, that's essentially now what the goal is, and that's the objective with Drew Brees coming back for one more season. Yeah, um, and that's the thing is, is you're bringing back Drew Brees, and I can't help but think this sort of you know changes your your thought process as far as how you are going to draft. Um, with him in mind and uh, so they've got a couple things they're probably going to want to do it seems like they're going to let Andrews Pete walk uh and they you know they may want to sort of help there and it wouldn't surprise me if they take a guard early in this draft I don't think it'll be this this first round but it's something I think that is going to come up for them Uh, but I do wonder about their linebackers they have uh, a really, really good defensive line uh, that's sort of pieced together out of a bunch of things that are really effective, particularly their edge rushers. Uh, they've got a pretty good secondary. It wouldn't surprise me if they do some work there because they may lose out Von Bell. Uh, they, they've got, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's, you know, phenomenal. Uh, they, they've got a lot of things working in their direction, but I, I do wonder if they're not going to go ahead and, and, and make a, a bigger investment at that linebacker level. Uh, and in that respect, I think they're going to take, or at least based on here, uh, I, I have them taking the uh, kid out of Oklahoma, Ken, uh, Kenneth Murray, uh, you know, sort of that will linebacker, uh, theoretically could play, play Mike for them. You know, I don't, you know, I don't love Tito Alonzo. I, I wouldn't. It would, well, and even I still, Demario it. Davis, as much as he's found like the golden part of his career, he ain't a young man anymore. So it might be one more of you know adding a little speed to it. See what you think of Murray, and then you know maybe Murray makes that shift on over. Well, the, the, the question I have is, I wonder if they they like Alonzo or if they want to move him and move 
Davis maybe inside and then put Kenneth, Kenneth Murray at that will. But Murray gives them, you know, some more speed, uh, somebody that can can run and chase and do some of those things, and, and probably a little bit more credibility covering some of the tight end positions and, and things like that. And they, they've got to be able to deal better with the running game. I mean, they got wiped out against the Vikings. And I think Kenneth Murray can help them in addition to just upgrading their speed. You know, A.J. Klein, Kiko Alonso. Kiko Alonso's not bad in terms of athleticism. But Klein and, and Davis just aren't supremely athletic guys, and they don't really have, you know, a great option behind I mean, it's, it's really an old linebacker unit. I mean, they've got Stephon yeah. Anthony. But other than that, it's a bunch of, like, older players. So Kenneth Murray, uh, we'll go ahead and throw him in there. Yeah, I mean, and even when you're talking about Kiko Alonso, I think, you know, I mean, you know, still maybe under 30, but he's probably got, you know, two knees of, you know, shit, they might revolve on my knees for Christ's sakes. Um, lowest, uh, you know, lowest draft, uh, t- you know, first team that won a playoff game at 25 overall. And Pete, this is just, just really, really an odd team in every way. The Minnesota Vikings, obviously, you know, you win a playoff game. And then eventually, essentially, you know, most of the staff is gone. Um, you may be looking to move on from Stefan Diggs. They're in a really, really bad cap situation. Uh, Xavier Rose most likely going to get moved on from because his play literally just fell off the map. And for the cap hit he's going to have, this is it's a really, really interesting team because Minnesota, it could be like the same type of season where maybe they make the playoffs or it could be this team – if the offseason doesn't break right for them, this team could easily be six and ten next year. Yeah, um, they have just a lot of things they have to figure out, um, and, and their cap situation is not great. I think they're going to end up cutting Everson Griffin, and then they're probably going to do something weird with his contract and end up getting him back. For some reason, I think they're going to have some weird contract to sort of flip them back. Uh, and, and actually make that work. Well, isn't he the one that was also kind of having, you know, some off-the-field questions about, you know, mental health and stuff like that? Yeah. No, and, and if that, that's the that, case, yeah. that's a guy you really don't want to see go somewhere else. The, the, that's that's what I think is going to ultimately happen, is I think they're going to sort of cut him and then bring him back and keep him in the mix because of that. And I think he's going to want to stay there because of that whole situation, or at least that's, that is my. You have a plan in place for me. This is probably the best place for me. Incentive laden type of contract. Right. So they've got some things going on. They're, short of a miracle, I don't think they're going to be able to keep Anthony Harris. Uh, I don't think they want to keep Trey Wayne's anywhere near their team. Um, you know, offensively, they've got an issue with you know Stephon Diggs and his contract, and they've got to figure out where that's going. So they've got. Some issues. Uh, their offensive line, you know, they're. They have a P, that wide receiver, they have a similar situation to a team that you and I cover pretty well, where it's it's great that you have two great ones, but it comes to the point where they're, they kind of maybe choking your cap a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that's the issue. I mean, Adam Thielen's contract is stealing. But yes, I mean, Stefan Diggs, you know, would like more money, and that's sort of the question they're going to have to answer. But anyway, uh, with that in mind, uh, Mike Zimmer still coaches there, uh, and and I understand that you know they've got Spielman and, and he's a solid general manager. But I, I do think they're going to go back to the defensive side of the ball. I, 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 I 
I'll believe Drew around curse when I see it. Uh, but uh, with that in mind, I think they're <laughs> going to go ahead and take Grant Delpit from LSU. Um, obviously, they have to, you know, get him tackling right. But the Vikings have been one of the best tackling defenses in the league. But he obviously can create turnovers. He can do a lot of those types of things. You put him next to Harrison Smith. Uh, That's a, that right alone sounds like a nice safety group. So you've got things. I mean, and they could go corner here too, but I think just – I don't love the corner group. But, you know, that's certainly a more valuable position. But I, but I do think Delpit would have a really, really nice fit in there because they could probably really limit what he needs to do, and hopefully that helps him in terms of, like, limiting some of those mistakes. But he's a guy who can go get the football, and, you know, that can sort of put a little more juice back in the Vikings. Obviously, losing a guy like Harris is a big deal. Uh, so we'll see. I, I think Delpit is a very good player. I, I know what warts he has, but I would personally love to have him um, you know, and, and try to figure those things out. Uh, but uh, in terms of coverage, in terms of his ability to impact plays and obviously turnovers, he's, he's – He's got he's got more than enough that I'd be interested in getting. Yeah, uh, it's you know in that scenario where you're putting, I think you know, and it's always so much of you know putting player in best position to succeed. Um, you know, where you're not going to have him come in and say, oh, we're well, going to you know you're going to be Jamal Adams, you're going to we're going to ask you to do everything. You already have Harrison Smith, and he's pretty a damn good player right. at what he does. And it's more, hey, sit between the hash marks, ball comes near you, go get it, son. Um, but yeah, I mean Minnesota's it's gonna be a really, really interesting team. Obviously, you have some teams in the NFC on the rise. Um, you know, with a lot of changes going on in Minnesota. Let me see, you know, how they play that. I, I do actually kind of like what you said about the cornerback class. Cause I, I sometimes when a class is deep, people necessarily misequate that. Um, do I think they're do I think this class Maybe deep, yes, but do I think there's also a lot of number two corners? Do I think there's also a lot of, you know, nickel corners? I do. So I, I think people, when they hear deep automatically, Pete, they confuse it to top heavy. Um, and when you're talking about the cornerback, look, there's nothing wrong with being a starting number two cornerback in a league. But, you know, you don't necessarily have to draft those guys top 25 or even necessarily round one. Um, so I think that's a misconception that comes there. I, I think the class is deep, but I think it's deep where you can get, you know, if you need a number two, you can get a number two. You don't have to go the first round pick. There's nickel guys. I, I think it's a deep group, but I think people equate that incorrectly as to, you know, first three, four cornerbacks off the board are going to be cornerback ones. Well, let me ask you this. Who is who is your corner behind Akuda? Everybody's in the same position on that one. Everybody knows who number one is, but when there's no consensus, number two, correct, right? So, uh, you know. Me, I mean, and the thing is, there's guys I really like. I like an AJ Terrell, but there were times where he looked really bad. So it's it's crazy how it works. Um, I mean, there's other people saying it could be the second kid, Damon Arnett from Ohio State. That's in uh, I point made. I'm, I'm point made, sir. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing. Is and and look, the Browns don't really need corners, so I, I don't have any real interest. A nickel in guy wouldn't them. be bad, but we ain't got to go high for that. Yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah, I, I agree. But it's just like. You know, after Akuda, it's like, you know, there's some people who like Gladney from TCU. There's some people who like C.J. Anderson from Florida. And it's just like, okay, I guess um, I don't really like any of Henderson them, so. is uh, – he's nice, but he, he, he looks tiny as hell. Gladney, you love the length and stuff like that. You wonder about the athleticism. Hopefully we're going to get to find that out. Would have been nice to see if we could have seen it in Mobile. 
Um, but you know, normally when those guys are a little bit bigger in length, then then you're concerned about speed and you're concerned about short area quickness. Yeah. So I mean, you know, the, if you're a team going into this, and and maybe you know, Dorsey Dorsey got it right in that sense of you know when you took uh, Greedy Williams, you know, you were looking ahead and you're just kind of like, huh. So you know, the, you know, obviously Greedy's got to get a lot better in his second year, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's nice. You know, he's got, it's got to happen, but it's nice. The Browns aren't going into this going, who who's going to be our number two, you know, potentially number three corner are, are covered. Uh, Cause I don't expect uh, they're going to get rid of uh, uh, what's his face. Uh, the guy who pops out fumbles. Um, so I, right. I think, uh, I think the Browns are in good shape from that standpoint. A lot of these teams are going to be sort of in my question. It's going to be a big question for me entering, you know, this draft when, when, they, when it's actually rolling is who and when is the number two corner going to come off the board? Is there, is a second corner going to come off the board in the first round? I expect it will, but is it, it, you know, it might be the, you know, whatever, wherever Detroit ends up and then maybe not until the mid to late twenties. It's Yeah. I mean, again, you know, I agree with you because, you know, th- deep doesn't necessarily, you know, equate to top heavy or equate to, you know, one, you know, traditional shutdown guys or, you know, this guy's going to take care of everything on that side of the field. We can put our attention, you know, from the hash mark to the other side of the field. I do. I agree. And, you know, obviously an opportunity here for some guys and, you know, some of these guys who maybe aren't getting their name spoken about as much to put a show here on Andy and rise that, uh, raise that stock. Um, this has been your Monday show. Uh, we're going to continue through here. Uh, you know, obviously linebackers secondary to get to, um, you know, one of these one night this week, I'll sit down and I'll do my pre combine mock one through 32. So just continue to pour it out for you. And then obviously by Thursday night, you know, we'll have post, uh, you know, post workout, you know, information for you and all that stuff. You know, folks who made some, uh, made some money for themselves, made a name for themselves. Uh, from SI.com, Pete Smith. Obviously, check out everything over on SI.com, Browns-wise. You're reading Pete and his team over there. Follow, make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith, underscore the show itself, at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. DMs open. Always follow back account. Me, personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. I'm doing my best with it, guys. Just right now, it's it, a lot going on, and the amount that comes in, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best to get to him. So, but at least, look, I'm at least seeing him. I can't always get an opportunity to return them all. Appreciate everybody. Uh, you know, kick Monday's ass. Let's go for a great week and come Thursday, you know, even if you got to work, whatever, we're in football mode. With that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.